Welcome to the Health Pulse podcast. I'm Connor Delaney, CEO and President of Cleveland Clinic Florida. My special guest for today is Dr. Stephen Ronick. Stephen is the Chief Executive Officer for Henderson Behavioral Health, a nationally recognized behavioral health system known for its innovative and leading evidence-based clinical services. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure, our pleasure. So Henderson Behavioral Health was established in 1953 right here in Florida. Maybe you can start off, Steve, by telling me a little bit more about the history and the background of, of the, the enterprise. Yeah, briefly, it's uh, coincidentally Henderson Behavioral Health is celebrating its 70th year of operations this year. We were founded in 1953 and what started as a small community-based mental health clinic, if you will, in the early 50s has grown into a regional behavioral health comprehensive provider. Um, we're scattered all over Broward County with over 20 locations in Broward, a big location in Palm Beach County and Palm Beach Gardens, two locations in the Treasure Coast of Florida, and also a location in Brevard County in the city of Melbourne. So we're, we're pretty busy and very spread out. Well, that's an impressive footprint and an impressive history, 70 years. Um, and obviously something that's critically important for communities, maybe maybe more now than ever before, at least in recent memory. Maybe at a high level, you could talk a little bit about the mission and vision of Henderson Behavioral Health. You know, so we, the, official mission, the official mission and vision, if you look at our website, is to be the premier provider of cost-effective quality and accessible behavioral health services to the people of Florida to promote their mental health and well-being. But underneath that, and fundamentally what we stand for is we want to be known as the behavioral health system that's easy to access, that's easy to use, and most importantly, the one where no one gets a runaround. Behavioral health services across America have a reputation of being hard to access and complex relative to eligibility. And that's true. And that's really not the fault of these mental health systems around the nation, but it's kind of the way that they're funded regulated with varying degrees of specificity around eligibility. So our job at Henderson is to make sure we take care of all that on the inside so that for a patient or a family member, the experience they get is easy, that they know they can get help from us. And if they can't get help from Henderson, they're not going to get a runaround. They're going to get directed to the right places going to make their life better. So that's really our mission, very simply. You know, we work hard on the things that any healthcare system works on. We work really hard on making sure we have great clinical outcomes and that people have a great experience with us. And that's something that we do a lot of training on. We want to make sure that our staff are welcoming, kind, responsive, and are there for our patients and family who are typically very underserved, disadvantaged, and vulnerable. Oh, that's very true. I think behavioral health is such a complex area that it's it's really challenging for patients and families, just managing the whole whole experience. So that sounds like a, a really nice approach. Uh, so I know that Henderson recognizes that recovery is a, a process that varies for each individual patient. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about the compassionate and individualized treatment plans that patients can expect from Henderson. Yeah, so recovery is really what we're all about. Henderson treats people with all different levels and ranges of mental health conditions. But we are especially known to help people with very complex mental health conditions. 
And people who are suffering from any mental health condition, particularly a complex and serious mental health condition, need basically three things, the three Ps. They need a place to live, they need people around them, and they need maybe most importantly, a purpose in life. Really the same three things that all of us need. And so we work really hard at getting people to the point where their mental health condition doesn't define them, but rather is incidental and they can go after those things that I just described and have a full life. Well, that's important. That gives them, I guess, a foundation to base things on as they recover, which is important for all of us as a baseline and a patient coming through this type of experience most particularly. So I know that Henderson seeks to provide an alternative to ED visits and incarceration as well, uh, using its centralized receiving system. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that and what the services are that are offered and what the objectives of the program are. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good point that you're making in question relative to our centralized receiving system or CRS. And, you know, the, the Henderson Behavioral Health, we always want to help people in the least restrictive environment possible, right? Nobody wants to get help in a hospital unless they have to. And, I, and we have to remind people sometimes that we operate a Baker Act receiving facility, a 48-bed integrated services facility, duly licensed for mental health beds and addiction beds. But as great as our inpatient facility is, and it's a beautiful building, and that's important to us because we think people need to be taken care of in welcoming facilities, especially our population, who very often is disadvantaged economically. So we want to make sure we have the right physical plant as well. But people don't recover in an inpatient setting. People have safety, get acute care, and get stabilized in an acute care setting. But recovery is a longer process, and that's going to happen in a natural environment on an outpatient setting. So our centralized receiving system is really kind of the glue that almost holds the whole county mental health system together. It, it operates 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and it's a 23-hour facility. That's different than our inpatient. We can have a patient stay up to 23 hours, and people can walk in without appointments any time of the day or night. Furthermore, it's heavily used by law enforcement. Very often, uh, a police officer could run into someone with a complex mental health condition. Maybe they get caught up in a very minor infraction, some nonviolent offense. They don't need to be arrested. Their, their, their interaction with law enforcement um, or their behavior is a consequence of some acute manifestation of their mental health condition. And this way, the police officer can help them transport them over to the CRS centralized receiving system, and they can be seen immediately. And there they can get a comprehensive evaluation relative to their medication needs, their psychosocial needs, their housing needs, their treatment needs. We can engage family as well. So we're really proud of that. The, the CRS has become a, a game changer, I think, for the community. And, and attached to that, it's, it's kind of part of a three-legged crisis stool, because as I described earlier, we have this 48-bed inpatient facility, but we also operate the mobile crisis response teams for all of Broward County, and that's for children and adults. And that's a critical service because 24 hours a day, every day of the year, Christmas, Easter, New Year's, Thanksgiving, that team is operating because mental health conditions don't take days off and emergencies do occur. And we can usually respond with clinicians within 30 to 45 minutes. So we're proud of that. 
Uh, yeah, that sounds like it should be. That's a great portfolio of offerings. And I think it's what communities need. You have got everything then from inpatient through the mobile access through your your CRS. That's wonderful for, for patients and the community. Now, one of the things we hear more and more about is the challenges for youth today with behavioral health, with so much going on in society. So what, what options are available to meet the needs of our youth and their families? So we actually have over 20 different um, intentional evidence-based, science-based youth and family services programs, everything from family service, from family preservation programs to mobile crisis, to uh, multi-systemic family treatment teams. And we actually were the first operator of what was formerly known as first episode psychosis teams. Now they're referred to as early treatment programs. There's probably a dozen of them in Florida. Henderson was fortunate enough to open up the first one. Now we have three of them with the largest early treatment program provider in the state. And I mentioned that relative to children because that's a relatively new service that came out of research. We participated in something called the recovery after an initial schizophrenic episode research project, where we've come up with a very intentional set of treatment interventions to help somebody right after they have their first psychotic episode, which usually takes place as a young person. If you're gonna develop schizophrenia, the first episode typically takes place between say 17 and 25 usually somewhere around college age, right where somebody is starting to begin their adult life, right? So the goal is how do you keep somebody on as normal a life course as possible? How do you dramatically change the trajectory of the illness for the good? And we have an intentional process now, it's called Navigate, and it's a 2000 page manualized treatment program that I can't go into too deeply on the podcast, but the point is that it works. It stops the relapse cycle. And the, relapse, the reason that's so important is every time someone has another relapse from schizophrenia, they tend to come out of it a little bit worse, worse psychiatrically and cognitively. So to stop that relapse cycle is just critical and then change the course of the illness. And as I said before, keep someone in keep someone on as normal a life course as possible. We have tons of program for kids. We're also the we run the student counseling centers for three major universities in the region. So Nova Southeastern University contracts with Henderson to run their entire student counseling center. So we have psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers on campus. We've done that for over a decade. We also do the same thing for Broward College. And we also do the same thing for the regional medical school, the West Palm Beach campus of University of Miami. So we're pretty busy with uh, young people. We see about 25,000 people a year, and about 8,000 of those are 18 and younger. Okay, just processing. So yeah, that's a high, yeah, high percentage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, higher than I might have imagined. Yeah, but again, that seems like a very full array of services that you have. So, so thinking about it from the patient or family perspective, then, Stephen, when someone's seeking immediate intervention, what can an individual expect from the crisis walk-in services, or how do they directly access the crisis? Yeah, so if they go to the so website, we through see, it. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted okay. you, but if they go to the website, they can see all the numbers. We're pretty easy to access. Uh, they can always call 954-463-0911. But if there, there's, and then there's some more specific numbers, which will get you there. But any number you call on Henderson will eventually get you to the right place. 
Um, and for the walk-in center or the CRS, people can just walk in and, and that's located on 441 um, State Road 7, just south of Commercial Boulevard. We're, we're pretty easy to find. And so then how does Henderson utilize its residential treatment facilities to ensure you talked about how new the facility is, but decent, safe and affordable housing? Uh, what, what's your work right. in, that, in that area? Right. So we're a big housing system as well. In addition to providing inpatient treatment and primarily outpatient treatment and rehabilitation, we actually have over 200 housing units that we own and operate directly, and then over 300 supportive housing units where patients have leases in their own name, and we provide services on site so people can help maintain and sustain their good housing. And the range of what we offer is everything from residential level one, level two, level three treatment, we have um, Broward County's uh, first and only uh, single room occupancy project, which is permanent housing for people who were formerly homeless and may have had a co-occurring mental health and substance use condition. That we did in partnership with the federal government with HUD, and it's beautiful. We were able to purchase an older motel, 40 units, completely renovated, swimming pool, really beautiful place to live. And what's important about that is it's permanent housing. We also offer what's referred to as a safe haven, low demand homeless shelter. And that's the only one in Broward. People with complex and serious mental health conditions typically wash out or don't do well in traditional homeless shelters because of the rules and regulations. So we operate what's referred to as a safe haven or low demand homeless shelter. It's, it's small, it's 35 beds, but it's filled every single day. So we focus a lot on housing. We actually have two projects before the legislature now. We're, we're trying very hard to develop more housing in both Palm Beach and Broward County because we know how critical that is to our patients and families. And we know what's happened to affordability relative to housing here in South Florida. So we're working really hard on that. That's great. Uh, phenomenal support for the community and patients and people who really struggle. Okay. So I, I know that I know that like the clinic, like Cleveland Clinic, um, Henderson has a really strong commitment to research and innovation. Maybe you could talk to us a little bit about some of the cutting edge research that your team is focusing on at the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, historically, we, we, we have a partnership actually with Northwell Health, which you, you've probably heard of, which is coincidentally my former employer. I worked there for 10 years, many years ago back in New York and um, their their research division, um, part of the Zucker Hillside Hospital. Um, we've participated in the KD trials with them, which was the first head-to-head -head comparison of first-generation and second-generation antipsychotic medications. And I touched on probably the most important research we've ever participated in, and that was the RAISE research, recovery after an initial schizophrenic episode, which helped us develop the protocols for early treatment programs or first-episode psychosis programs. And Again, that research led to even a more intentional way of providing medication for people with early onset schizophrenia, because we know, for example, the cardiometabolic effects of certain antipsychotic medications um, can show up, the adverse effects can show up very quickly. So making sure you give someone the right amount of medication, not over-medicate someone, but of course not under-medicate them either, becomes so critical. And coupled with that is, or, or attached to that is individualized resiliency training, parent education, and a special type of supported employment. So we, we do a lot of research. We've done research relative to cognitive behavioral therapy. 
We did a big research project about evidence-based supported employment because we know how important employment is to our patients, to all our lives. So yeah, we're, we're very, very committed to research and to training. Um, like a place like Cleveland Clinic, we have tons of interns at Henderson on any given day. Um, we train a lot of uh, masters and PhD level counseling and psychology students. And we're probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest training center for graduate social workers as well in the region. Yeah, that's so important. I think research and education complement our missions, yours and ours, right. and so much, right? To, to pay it forward, to keep developing caregivers for future generations, all of those things. Sure. That's, that's impressive and wonderful. Thank so Stephen, um, closing then, is there anything additional you think listeners should know about Henderson Behavioral Health? Well, I think I've, I've said most of what I want to say. I think if, if people should know that at Henderson, we work really hard on trying to be a great clinical and program provider to the community. And we try to also be a good place to work. You know, we, we focus on both things. We also deeply acknowledge our responsibility as a relatively large employer in the region. And we know how hard it is to keep employees now, to get employees, to make employees happy. So we're, we're really focused on employee engagement as well. And uh, especially in these days, nothing could be more important, but it's always been central to our mission. So uh, that, that's basically us in a nutshell. Um, if people go to the website, um, it's relatively easy to navigate and, and we're, we're not difficult to get a hold of. But I, I really appreciate you having us today. Thank you. Uh, and Stephen, I, I appreciate you providing such a great overview of Henderson Behavioral Health to us. The detail was impressive. The scope of your services is impressive. Uh, and the mission and commitment to research education and all of the other things we discussed is, is really important. So thank I greatly you. enjoyed our discussion. And I've no doubt our listeners did as well. Okay, thank you very much. To our listeners, to learn more about Henderson Behavioral Health, please visit Henderson, H-E-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-B-H dot org. And please join me next time on our next episode of the Health Pulse podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our latest episodes. Thank you all.